Good morning and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. So many of us wear smartwatches now. Whether it's a Fitbit, Apple Watch, or another brand, they tell us a lot of information, and one of the most important is our heart rate. Measuring our resting heart rate can help us determine how efficient our heart is beating and if we have certain health risks. The number of times our heart beats while at rest can give us a glimpse into how well our heart is functioning. Normal resting heart rates fall between 60 and 100 beats per minute, while a resting heart rate over 100 can signify stress, overconsumption of caffeine, or an illness. And a heart rate lower than 50 can also be a sign of an increased health risk. However, in general, a lower heart rate at rest implies more efficient heart function and better cardiovascular fitness. For example, a well-trained athlete might have a normal resting heart rate closer to 40 beats per minute. For more details on the importance of our heart rate and how to measure your heart rate manually if you don't have a smartwatch, visit my health page at wfpg.com, click health on the drop-down of our app, or just go to our Facebook page. Lots more coming up today on Living Well with Robin Stoloff, so keep it right here on Light 96.9. If you have a child or teen with ADHD or you know someone who just has trouble focusing, try this. Get them a stress ball. A recent study found that kids who have ADHD had a greater ability to concentrate after squeezing a stress ball. This is because kids have a very short attention span and it's hard to keep them focused on one thing for a long period of time. Squeezing a stress ball gives them something to focus on. It helps them clear their heads so they can redirect their attention and get back on task. But it's not just for kids. Stress balls are also effective in helping all of us relieve daily stress at work or at home. It sounds too good to be true, but just squeezing a stress ball can actually let off some steam. They're easy to get and use, whether you're at home, in the office, or on the move. So what do we have to lose except a little stress. Give it a try today. Living Well on Light 96.9. Did you know that nutritional counseling is covered by most insurances? Here with more is dietitian nutritionist Georgia Saylor, owner of Vitality Nutrition and Wellness Center in Linwood. So what are some of the issues that people come to you with? Some of our people come because they want to lose weight. They want to, they're lacking energy. They're having stomach issues like feeling bloated and sometimes to balance their blood sugars, maybe even just to fine tune their diet to know that they're doing the right thing because they're confused from what they're learning all over the place. So there's many reasons why people come. Sure. There's a lot of information out there. So how do you work with them? It's one-on-one? Is it in person, online, or both? We do mostly in person, but we also offer online. First, we assess their diet, and then we'll figure out what they actually need, maybe making sure that they're meeting their nutritional needs. And then we'll help them with meal plans, help them with accountability, supplement regimens, um, maybe even further testing like gut health testing, food sensitivity testings, microbiome testings. There's lots of different things that we may, may also do that are super helpful. Such an important part of our lives, and yet we don't plan it out many times. We don't always think about what we're eating. And it it is really good to speak with someone who knows what they're doing to really get a good handle on our diet. How have you made a difference in people's lives? I've helped people have more confidence in their in their life. I've helped people go off of medicine, help them lose weight and and just feel better. Many different ways. Where can people find you? Where can people reach out to you if they want to schedule a session? So they can go to vitality nutrition and wellness center.com.
Again, most insurances do cover nutritional counseling. Thanks for joining us. Dietitian nutritionist Georgia Saylor, owner of Vitality Nutrition and Wellness Center in Linwood. Let's face it, most of us have too much stuff in our bathroom closets and cabinets. And there are items in our bathroom that are not meant to be stored in that moist, warm environment. They could even be harmful if we keep them in our bathroom or store them for too long. For instance, most medications do not do well in a moist, warm environment. The medicine cabinet is probably the last place where we should keep them. It also raises the question, when should we get rid of our expired or rarely used bathroom products? Well, if you're ready to clean up your bathroom and get it organized, we make it easy for you with a list of items to throw away from your bathroom. Check out my blog, Say Goodbye to These Bathroom Items Today, on my health page at WFPG.com. Click Health on the drop-down of our app or visit our Facebook page. Living Well, on Light 96.9. This is National Suicide Prevention Month. Suicide is a major problem in our country, but there is something we can do about it. In just 90 minutes, we can learn the skills that can save a life through a program called QPR. Joining us now is Jamie Angelini, Director of Special Projects for the Mental Health Association in New Jersey. Thanks so much for joining us. Jamie, sadly, suicide rates are on the rise, especially in our younger people. What can each of us do to help change this? I think one of the things to remember is that suicide does not discriminate. It can impact any one of us our families, our friends, our communities. And yet research has showed that the numbers have continued to rise over the last decade. So one of the things that we really focus on at MHA&J is suicide prevention training for everyone, not just for mental health professionals, but for individuals in the community. We call it gatekeeper training because we really say that suicide prevention is all of our business. Every one of us can learn to recognize the signs and can have the courage to ask some questions if we're worried about someone who we think might be feeling suicidal. After a tragedy like this, people who knew the person often say, I didn't know, there were no signs, we we couldn't tell, they seemed so happy. But looking back, there might have been signs they could have picked up. The QPR program trains people to recognize the symptoms of suicide and save lives. It stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. Tell us more about it. QPR is a 90-minute training. And through the training, we teach everybody how to look for warning signs. You know, most times, not all, but most times, the research tells us there's some warning sign. But we don't always know what it is or what to look for. So in a training like that, we really break down different signs that we might look for, how to question someone. That's the cue. And it's asking about suicide, saying to someone directly, are you thinking about suicide? You know, there's a myth that if we ask about it or talk about it, it would put it in someone's head. We know that's simply not true. Um, Oftentimes, if we ask directly, someone feels relief that we've noticed they're in emotional pain. And then the P is persuade someone to stay with us and stay alive. And the R is refer because as gatekeepers in the community, we're connecting and we have a lot of resources available in our communities. We just need to know who they are, what they are, and how to connect someone who needs help immediately. QPR, a 90-minute training that can actually save someone's life. Where can we learn more about it? You can go on our website, mhanj.org. Thanks for sharing this important information. Jamie Angelini, Statewide Director of Special Projects for the Mental Health Association in New Jersey. You are living well on Light 96.9. You know, we all develop habits throughout our lives. Some good, some not so good. By definition, a habit is a sequence of actions that we learn over time and are often done unconsciously. For instance, most of us don't even think about our morning routine. We wake up, we brush our teeth, drink coffee, and so on. Habits are instinctual, and while it may not be easy, it is possible to create new healthy habits. 
First, we need to recognize the habits we want to change, and more importantly, why we want to change them. Do they bring you down? Are they affecting the quality of your life? Here's one of the best quotes on habits I've ever heard. Watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. It all starts with a thought. And if your thought is to change your habits, we have some helpful steps you could take at WFPG.com on our Facebook page or just click help on the drop down of our app. Living well on Light 96.9. September is National Preparedness Month. You might have heard me say this a time or two. The time to prepare for an emergency is before it happens. Joining us now is someone who can help us with that, Diane Kincannon. She's the communications director for the American Red Cross New Jersey region. Unfortunately, people don't always plan ahead, and that's where problems can come in, Diane. What are the three steps of emergency preparedness? Yes, uh, you want to take three simple actions. Get a kit, make a plan, be informed. Let's break those down a little bit. What do you mean by get a kit? A kit is what you want to have in your home, that extra supply of food and water in case you need to shelter in place, and also a bag you could grab and go. And don't forget to keep copies of those important papers like insurance and documentation. Put them up in the cloud or keep them in a waterproof bag. You have a great checklist on preparing a go bag or an emergency kit on the Red Cross website, which is redcross.org. And what is the next step? Step two is make a plan. This is where you want to get together with your family so that people know what to do in case of an emergency, whether it be a home fire and you're talking your fire drill or it's your evacuation plan and where you might go should a hurricane come up the coast. Yes, because sometimes phone lines are down, so it's important to talk about it in advance. And finally, what is the third step? Be informed. Know what kind of emergencies might affect your neighborhood. So please know what to do should you get that emergency watch or warning. And I know the Red Cross has a great app telling us about weather disasters in our community, which I have on my phone and everybody should download. Where can we get more information? Go to redcross.org slash NJ. Diane Kincannon, Communications Director of the American Red Cross New Jersey Region. Thanks for joining us during this Emergency Preparedness Month, helping us think ahead and be ready in case of a disaster or an emergency. And that does it for me today. Check out my podcast, Living Well with Robin Stoloff, wherever you listen to your podcast or watch the video of my conversations with my guests on my YouTube channel or my website. And follow me on Instagram and Facebook for bite-sized tips to help you learn more and live better. See you again next Sunday morning at 10. Until then, keep living well.